Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. I'm coming to you today from the unceded traditional territories of the Tecumlips Tishikwamek people, and I want to express my deep gratitude that I'm able to live, work, and play on these beautiful lands. I hope the second month of 2023 is treating you well and that you're enjoying the slightly longer periods of daylight that so many of us are starting to experience. Every winter feels long to me, but February usually feels a bit better than January. Apparently, that's not the case for a lot of people out there. I didn't know this until I heard a stat on the radio one day, but apparently February is the toughest month for mental health for most people. According to a lot of really smart medical organizations like the Mayo Clinic and the National Institute of Mental Health, this is because many people suffer from SAD, SAD, or Seasonal Affective Disorder. Often called the winter blues, SAD seems to stem from a lack of sunlight that messes with our natural rhythms and affects our level of serotonin. Factor in some lousy weather and a lack of desire to go outside, seriously, I want my pajamas at 4 p.m. these days, and we have a perfect storm for poor mental well-being. This is not what we're talking about on the podcast today, but I wanted to acknowledge this and remind you that if you're struggling with your mental health or experiencing symptoms of depression, seasonal or otherwise, it's always a good idea to reach out for help and support. Other advice for combating SAD from John Hopkins University that may also help you is to try to expose yourself to sunlight or seek some light therapy. Try to find other people to be around or share your feelings with. Schedule activities that make you feel better, such as going to a movie or meeting a friend for a walk and a coffee. You could also try to incorporate regular exercise into your routine. I know that's hard when we're not feeling great, but it really does help. Even a short walk outside can help you feel better and also get that much needed sunlight on your face. It's also a good idea to try and avoid food and substances that contribute to depression, such as a lot of sweets and alcohol, which is, of course, what we want when we're curled up on the couch in our pajamas with a sad movie or even a funny one. Oh boy. If you feel like you aren't gradually feeling better after these strategies, you may get want to get some help from a professional. One walk is not going to completely transform your entire mood until spring, but if you do take steps to feel better, Gradually, each day should get a little bit lighter and easier for you. And if it's not, don't be afraid to reach out for help. I'll put some great links in the show notes for you to access resources in North America and globally. Now, I did say that the topic of this episode is not mental health, but it is about your mind. Specifically, today I want to talk about an often neglected strategy for your job search, and that's developing a really positive, supportive mindset. I call it the job seeker's mindset. When most people think of job search strategies, they think of preparing a perfect resume and cover letter or prepping for interviews. 
rarely do they wonder if their state of mind is ready to support the process ahead of them. Job seeking is riddled with emotions. You're going to face hurdles and disappointments. Yes, when you get the job you are after, there's a whole lot of elation and probably a little bit of relief. But before you get there, it's kind of tough sledding. And if you aren't expecting to face any challenges throughout the process, the likelihood of you giving up is that much higher when you do face these obstacles. So today I want to share four practical strategies or suggestions to help you develop a job seeker's mindset that will not only lead you to the perfect role in less time, but it's also going to help you enjoy the process. And yes, it's possible. You can enjoy the job seeking process because when your attitude is aligned with what you want, not what you don't want, your success is pretty much guaranteed. Are you ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Just before we get into today's topic, I need to give a huge shout out to all of you. We did it. After the last episode aired to kick off season four, the HR Mentor hit 10,000 downloads. I'm not sure what to say, but thank you. This community has been so amazing and supportive. And honestly, if I didn't know that you appreciated this labor of love, I would have stopped a long time ago. Thank you for letting me know that the podcast is making a big difference. Comments like this from Patricia, who commented on LinkedIn, make it all worthwhile. Patricia said, outstanding. Congratulations, Melanie. I'm always blown away by the quality of the content you provide. You do an excellent job of breaking down complex HR topics and making them easy to understand. I appreciate the practical takeaways and real life examples used in each episode. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Well, thank you, Patricia. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. And it's because of students like you that I do this in the first place. All I can say is here's to 10,000 more. Okay, let's get into your job seekers mindset. In order for this strategy to work for you, I kind of need you to forget everything you think you know about how to start a job search. Forget about figuring out who to network with, where to look for jobs, and whether your resume should be two or three pages long. Honestly, the number of pages is less relevant than you think, so probably a good idea to just stop obsessing about that entirely. The very first thing you need to do to have a successful job search is get your mindset primed for the road ahead. Having the right attitude and mindset is an essential part of any job. When you approach your job search with a positive outlook, you're more likely to find success. So I've got four ways to help you maintain a positive mindset throughout your job search. They are number one, set process-related goals. Number two, practice good self-care. Number three, focus on the positive by reframing your limiting beliefs. And number four, use your network to support you. 
I'm going to talk about each one in a little bit of detail. Let's start with setting process-related goals. In his book, Atomic Habits, James Clear explains the perils of outcome-related goals and why they don't often work or help you. Instead, he recommends that if you want to develop good habits or ditch bad ones and achieve your goals, a better approach is to decide on an identity that you want to adopt that aligns with your goals. And if you're going to set goals, make them process-related. So an example of an identity I might set when I'm job seeking is I'm a successful job seeker or I'm an HR job holder or I'm an HR assistant. That's the sort of identity that you want to associate with. I'm an HR professional might be a better one. Now, what's the difference between process and outcome related goals? Well, an outcome goal is when you decide you're going to have or do something by a specific date. For example, I'm going to have my first HR job in three weeks or my first job offer is going to be for $70,000. These might be things you want and that's fine, but by setting specific outcome goals like this, you leave little room for flexibility in your job search or your choices. Plus, they are likely unrealistic, so you're also setting yourself up for huge disappointment. And if you work backwards from these goals to create a plan to accomplish them, you would likely see how unrealistic they are and that there isn't really a clear path to either one of these outcomes because they depend on so many factors that are completely outside of your control. When you're job searching, goals are important and they help keeping you or they help keep you moving forward to a role that's a good fit for you. But process focused goals are the best option. So I'll give you an example. Setting a goal to connect with three potential employers each week will help get you closer to that goal. And it's realistic for you to accomplish it. And then you'll feel good about yourself because you accomplished your goal. Setting a goal to research two organizations with large HR departments next week is another great process-related goal as is completing 20 minutes of physical exercise each day. Both of those are going to help get you closer to a great HR job. But you have a better chance of accomplishing them because it's completely within your control to do those things. Setting goals for a job search should be motivating, not debilitating. And if you set unrealistic outcome goals that are far out in the future, you may not be motivated to take the small steps that make a difference each week. Then you won't reach the big goal that you set at the end and voila, you're crushed and ready to put your resume in the shredding bin. So as you embark on your job search, try to choose realistic process goals with shorter timeframes that you can celebrate accomplishing on a regular basis. And if you can set a positive identity, you can also use this to keep you on track. So for example, if you decide that the identity you want to embrace is that you're an HR professional, 
which means you now have your first HR job, you can use that to check your actions on a daily basis. You could say to yourself, what would an HR professional do? And you can do that in any moment. What would a successful HR job holder do? Well, that person would contact those employers. That person would reach out for informational interviews. So all of those actions can be checked against your identity. And that will help you when you have decisions to make on how to spend your time. Okay. Supporting your mindset is so critical to this process, but your mindset also likes to be challenged, right? And so you'll be well challenged with setting these process related goals, but not feel disappointed because they will be easier to accomplish. And that's going to keep you going on this path to an HR job or any job that you're looking for, okay? So when you achieve these goals, you're going to be proud of yourself. You're going to feel motivated. You're going to set new ones for the next week. And that's going to keep you moving in the right direction. And sooner than you realize, you'll start to get some traction on the actions that you're taking. And that HR job is going to be that much closer to becoming a reality. Okay, so you're going to set process related goals, they're going to have shorter time frames, and you're going to uh, recognize your accomplishments when you achieve them. The second strategy that I want to share with you to support your mindset is to practice good self care. Let's be honest here, job searching is a stressful process. You're putting yourself out there. Not everybody's comfortable doing that. So it's really important that you take time for yourself and you take care of yourself. You are probably already working full-time or part-time at a non-HR job, and you may have hobbies, a family, some friends. Now you're going to toss job searching into the mix of an already probably full schedule. Now, you may be inclined to put everything you enjoy on the back burner until you get a new role and spend all your spare time on your job search. Yes, I want you to spend time on your job search, but not all your free time. This might sound counterintuitive, but actually taking breaks from your job search can help you be more effective. It's true. Recent research published in the Journal of Applied Psychology Um, I believe it was published in 2022, states that detaching from your job search, especially if you see job seeking as a depleting activity, so it drains you, can promote recovery and greater positive outcomes. So if you find job seeking fatiguing, finding ways to actually take breaks or detach from your job search efforts and recover on a weekly basis is going to help you get better results overall. It doesn't really matter what you do either. You might find that spending time with your friends and family is the best antidote to stressful activities, or you might find a hot bath and a great book are exactly what you need to unwind. You do you, but make sure that you factor self-care into every single week that you're actively involved in a job search. 
it doesn't even have to be a reward for good behavior or completing your process goals. Do it because it's part of the process and a valuable one. In my HR Career Accelerator program, we have an entire module on mindset and one lesson is just about self-care. If you're in the program, you have to commit to one self-care activity each week that allows you to completely detach from your job search for a period of time. That's right, I believe it's so important that I actually give it to you for homework. So what I want you to do is just pause this audio right now and decide what is going to be your weekly self-care for this week. Maybe popcorn and a movie, who knows? It's totally up to you. I just want you to do this and factor it in as one of the things you do that's part of your job search. Again, not a reward, something that is an essential part of you finding that next great job. All right, the third strategy is to focus on the positive by reframing your limiting beliefs. If you're a regular listener of this podcast or you've been following me for a while, you had to know this was coming. Reframing limiting beliefs was one of my very first episodes of this podcast because as I talked to new grads and supported them on their journey, I could see that this was a major stumbling block. If you keep telling yourself that you're never getting a great HR role, or you don't have the right experience, or you're not good at interviews, or, or, or you're never going to get that job. Not because you're not qualified, not because you're not good at interviews, but because your attitude is going to sabotage you every time. Creating these limited beliefs are like putting great big boulders in the middle of your path. I know it's easy to get overwhelmed, frustrated, and disappointed when you don't hear back from employers, but focusing on what you don't get out of the process will only bring more of that into your experience. Remember, like attracts like, and it's the same for our thoughts. So rather than dwelling on what's not happening or the gaps on your resume, focus on what is happening the positive things, and focus on what you do offer an employer. Focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. You can connect with potential employers. You can make lists of positive attributes, skills, and accomplishments. You can reach out to your university alumni and conduct informational interviews with people that have done this before you. You can follow up with employers and ask them for feedback after an interview. You can plan your self-care and you can get a great HR job. I know you can, but if you don't believe it, it's going to take that much longer and it's going to be that much harder. If you're not sure where to start with reframing your limiting beliefs, I have a very simple three-step process you can follow. If you head over to episode two of the HR Mentor, listen to the, listen to the show and then download the worksheet that walks you through the process. And in your process goals for next week, remind yourself to reaffirm your positive beliefs out loud every single day, because that is also something that you can do. 
and it is going to support you in your job search. Okay, strategy number four, use your network. Job seeking can feel like a solo event. After all, you can't take your BFF to the interview to cheer you on, and you're the one that has to do all the heavy lifting. So naturally, it can feel isolating as an endeavor. But just because you have to do the hard work yourself doesn't mean you can't lean on the people around you for support and for information and resources. As I said already, for some people, self-care means being with the people you care about the most. But to be honest, they may not be the best people to support your job search. Your family and friends might not be in the same industry as you. And if they haven't looked for a job in a long time, they may not understand the process or the hurdles you might face to find a role that's a great fit for you. Or they might not even appreciate why finding a role that's a great fit is even important to you. Why does that matter? Depending on your besties and the fam jam, you may want to keep them in the self-care category, but they may not be your only source of support. Sometimes talking to people who have been where you are can be very helpful to supporting a positive mindset during your job search. This is why I recommend you stay in contact with people you went to school with and follow their journey. I talk about this a little bit more in episode 49, Nix Your Networking Fears. When you see someone land a great HR job, be the first to congratulate them and then set up a time to chat and ask them what made them successful. How did they find their HR job? You might learn from their mistakes or pick up a few tips, but most importantly, you won't feel alone in your journey. And chances are, if they're celebrating getting that first HR job, they're going to be really encouraging and supportive of your own journey because they just went through it. Hearing that someone else faced similar hurdles and seeing them on the other side of those hurdles can be so motivating and inspiring. And let's face it, we need all the inspiration we can get these days, especially if we're looking for work. You may also want to reach out to a former mentor or professor and ask them for some advice. They may have suggestions on your process goals, things you can do on a weekly basis to keep you moving forward, or they may be able to connect you with people you can set up informational interviews with. Either way, the connection itself will make you feel better and help you stay motivated. It's also important to let the people you know that you're looking for a job. Now, I've never been a huge fan of the LinkedIn posts that say you're open to opportunities. I know some people really like them, but what I do like are personal messages or direct messages letting people you've worked with uh, that are now where you want to be for advice and letting them know that you're looking for opportunities. Another great way to make these connections is to go to an HR event with a friend or a colleague, or go to an event at your university. Universities are often putting on guest speaker presentations that are free. Um, lots of times they have great food. I went to one the other night, but this can help you connect with people 
that you might not think of as part of your network, but they are. You might run into people you took classes with, and when they ask you what you're doing, make sure you let them know you're looking for new opportunities and then connect with them. Add them on LinkedIn or send them a follow-up email. Same goes for professors or um, support staff that you connected with at the university. You never know when someone will reach out to you with a name or the perfect job posting because now that they've met you, they know you're looking for opportunities, that's going to be front of mind when they see them. Again, the connection itself will help you feel good about what you're doing, but it could also reap some big rewards in your job search. As I said at the beginning, even in a hot job market, the process of finding a new role is not easy, especially if you're breaking into a new industry for the first time. It takes time, patience, and a mindset that's going to carry you through all of these ups and downs to that moment when you sign the offer letter for the job you've been dreaming of. That moment feels really good. So I want you to follow these four strategies and have a job search that feels almost as good. I know you've got this. And if you want a step-by-step -step program to take you from being a job seeker to your first HR job offer, make sure you sign up for my newsletter in the show notes of this episode. The HRCA online program is almost ready for you. It includes six modules of on-demand lessons, tons of great worksheets, and a supportive group of HR job seekers. There are also a number of cool bonuses, like we have a group coaching session and a strengths assessment that will help you tailor your job search and market yourself to potential employers. It's really the full package if you're looking for your first HR job. And if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll be the first to get a great discount and access to the program. You can find the link in the show notes for this episode at www thehrmentor.podbean.com, as well as a link to the related episodes I mentioned, the resources I talked about, and the sign-up page for the HR Mentor Fan Club membership site, as well as the newsletter. Now, as you know, I also love hearing your feedback. I'd love to know which episodes are your favorite, what you would like to hear me talk about next. Um, so feel free to share your feedback with me. It also helps more people find the podcast and benefit from this community. So if you're loving the pod or have feedback, send me a message on LinkedIn, email, or leave a comment and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify. And if you haven't already subscribed, please click the button wherever you're listening. And as always, thank you so much for being here. Your time is greatly appreciated. Take care. Bye for now.